Here we go. We are live. Hey, everybody. How you doing, Steve? <laughs> oh, you know, I'm just recording 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. You know, <laughs> oh, typical well, Thursday night. My name's Ryan, by the way. I usually say that. Oh, <laughs> uh, we didn't even decide what the first ad was going to be. No, you just were like, oh, let me load all these cards. And then you're like, let's go. <laughs> let's start. With this one, add to stream Gibson Explorer headstock overlay for two hundred and fifty dollars. Why? <laughs> Do you know what this is, Steve? It's a Gibson Explorer headstock overlay, obviously. Well, yeah, that's what it says in the title. But do you know, like, when when I saw this, my gut reaction was that you this is a piece that you buy. And you fit it underneath the bolts on the tuners to fancy up an Epiphone. Right. I mean, that's kind of what I figure. Or like, you you know, you get a, if you got like a Chipson. Right, right. I uh, mean, is that what it is? No, I looked up, I, I assumed that's what it was. And before, you know, committing to talking to you about it, I looked up a site that sells Gibson headstock overlays. And apparently it's just like a parts thing. Like if you've got a damaged headstock, like you can refurbish it with, you know, overlays that you can buy. And you just, you're just putting down a veneer over, like say you have a headstock break and it's just completely mangled the headstock. You can fancy it up and make it look clean again. But, but here's the thing, right? As I'm looking at this and like, I've got, I've got a Gibson, you've got a Gibson. What mm -hmm. color is your head? What color is your headstock? Black. Yeah. What color is this overlay? It's kind of like an unfinished grayish wood yeah i mean it, it's probably it probably is, is black but it's it's definitely a matte right right, right? well i like, think it's i think it's an it's intended as a part like so i don't think it's meant to be what my gut re reaction was just to you know put it over something cheaper and fancy it up and make it look like it's a gibson i think it is a part part like you buy this you permanently affix it to the headstock via glue after removing the previous gibson uh finish and marks and then you you put a gloss over this to make it black to make it shine right and it's probably you know like you said it's a veneer it's it's wood mm -hmm. but i'm just like thinking about it like yeah you could make this any color you wanted i guess but then I just know how bad I am at painting. There's no way that well, it's Gibson, not for you, Steve. It's there's no way that Gibson thing is going to survive. Like unless I clear coat this, maybe a clear coat would make that matte black a lot sharper. That's what I'm saying. Know? I think I think the way this is reflecting is is because it is uh, just raw wood. If it had a if it had a clear coat on it, then it would you know get glossy black. You know right. Or you could right. you could hit it with a, a really dark stain or something like that. It, it's meant for people to uh, do their thing with it, to do their now, parts what, thing with it. Is the stuff on the right side of the screen? Is that stuff that you found? That's a site that I found that sells this stuff. And I, I mean, this ad is still kind of ridiculous because this guy wants two hundred and fifty bucks for this. Yeah. yeah. When this site is selling all kinds of Gibson overlays. For like forty bucks, forty five bucks. I mean, it's in euros, but you know, you get the yeah, idea. Sure, sure. You get okay, the idea. yeah. So it's like 
70 bucks or whatever. Whatever, still, yeah. Yeah, unless this guy's actually... Are these... No, they're all the same one. I was going to say, maybe this is like three different Explorer <laughs> Hedgehog overlays. Or it's a box just full of them because they're so thin. It's like, oh, you want to buy 100 of them? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've had this box. <laughs> yeah. So apparently this guy bought this as a, you know some sort of project part for his stuff. Well, he bought it as a joke. Joke's on him. <laughs> That's right. It was all a big funny joke. That's what he was. Who's this from? Thing. Randy Chaplin. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, I Randy. Guess. No, this is this. Is, I've I've seen. I feel like I've seen these before, and I'd never you know, seen them before. I ha- that's why I looked it up because I had I had no idea. I was just guessing. Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> you were going to tell a fas- fascinating story, I'm sure. And then no, I you. wasn't. That's all I had. Hmm. You've seen them and before, I, and that was it. Sip. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it, it's it's kind of I I can't I'm I'm surprised that I'd never heard of these before or seen them before because it seems kind of like a no brainer. It seems like a smart I mean, thing. I mean, I definitely feel like when I've seen them before, they were for what you were describing is right is a properly you know you couldn't use a, the Les Paul one on an Epiphone though because they uh they don't have yeah, the uh that's where the my headstock shape my theory fell completely apart when i saw the the Les Paul ones because a gibson and an epiphone explorer have essentially the same headstock maybe they're a little different but i'm not aware of a difference but yeah you couldn't slap a gibson on an epiphone shape maybe they could make an epiphone shaped uh uh overlay with a gibson logo on it then you got something yeah i i just you know this is like that idea is like everything else to me that you know that we've said before like if you got epiphone money just own it like right totally if you have squire money just own it if you build a parts caster own it you know and you if don't, you have, own don't lease house, <laughs> huh don't lease it don't rent yeah, own it, it. I, like if you if you build a parts caster like slap your name on the headstock be yeah. proud of what you built like you know make a make a cheap you know, cheap caster or whatever, like, <laughs> or like I, you know, I am more, I w- I would be fine with throwing co- the brand, the logos of companies that it obviously isn't. Like, if you threw, if you built a parts Telecaster and slapped a Gibson logo on it, yeah, like, yeah, that's well, here's, hilarious. Here's my thought: um, the Fender version of this. I'm thinking in the direction of something that you can just bolt on underneath the tuners for cosmetic mm-hmm. change. Oh, you got a race car outside. Uh, oh, yeah. I'd be 100% down for, you know, aftermarket colored headstocks. Like, not even changing the logo, not restoring anything. Just like, yeah, give me a black Fender headstock and that I can just bolt on there. And I'd be happy, you know? Mm. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Or like a matching, you know, Fiesta Red or whatever. Some common colors that that lots of vendors come in. And yeah. you can just slap on an overlay and like fix up the look. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Steve is checking. I got, I got a lot of outside traffic right now. I try oh. to I usually can get away with keeping the window open because my mic's fairly directional, but uh and it's warm up here. Second yeah. story is always warm. It's warm in the garage right now too. I'm a, I'm a little sweaty. Yeah. Um, TMI, how much would right? you how, how much would you pay for this? Like not not more than I can't imagine paying more than like seventy five dollars. Um in in 
Yeah, I mean, look look at the prices. You can buy them new. There's yeah. got to be mean, I mean, another even... explorer out there that even if it's an upcharge because it's a less common shape, like if you absolutely need this for a rebuild, then like I feel like a hundred bucks is the max. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but oh, okay, I guess that's flying V, like the triangle one for like the basic. I'm sure. V. I'm sure the Explorer headstock was on that site. I just didn't look far enough to find it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. How, oh. What do you think? What do you think is the max for a part like this? If it, if it, like, say it's for some Gibson that is got a really obscure headstock, like one of those '80s ones that had like the proto PRS headstock. Say you absolutely need a new veneer for that to restore a guitar. And, you know, it's only available from one seller online. What's the max you pay, you know, to restore uh, a a guitar that could be worth thousands? I don't know. I'm still stuck at like 75, maybe 100. Yeah, because at a certain point, can't you just make it yourself? Like if you well, have... The, the, the question here, the thing here, right, is... The idea is that you're getting this because you had a headstock break or whatever, you know, something that mangled it. Some kind of damage. My question would be, what is the cost to a reputable guitar shop to just go in, you know, sand down, fill, right. and repaint? Well, they still like, have to replace the uh, the inlaid logo. Right, that's true. So, well, and so I mean, in that case, it depends on like how much. Yeah, and also, how here's, much damage are we talking about? Here's here? my question: Is this stuff illegal? It's not coming from Gibson, and they're reproducing the Gibson logo. Yeah, I don't know. There might be some legality issues here, where you know this stuff is overseas. It's got euros on it. Maybe there's a reason for that because they can't sell it here. You yeah, know? That's maybe a weird, uh, the lawyers. That's an interesting up. angle there, Ryan. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did, Steve. So suck it. I thought of it first. <laughs> I don't know why I'm being so aggressive. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you have anything else to say about this? Nah. Me either. <laughs> so what's new, Ryan? Oh, man, lots of stuff is what's new. Um, I got. Well, I I teased it last week. I unboxed the Starcaster this week. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Pooh Ninja mentioned that uh, China Mike would love these. I'd love to know uh, uh, China guitar skeptics' take on those things. Um, on the Starcaster? On the on the head? No, on the uh, on the headstock overlays. Oh, gotcha. Because he specializes in like fake Gibsons and stuff like that and and whatnot. Right. Uh, I just today published my video of fixing up my Jazzmaster, my Squire. Um, I finally got around to this project. I put this awful, ugly, so ugly it might be beautiful, but that's up for debate. Anodized green pit guard I think on it here. Looks, I think it looks pretty cool, actually. I think it kind of has like this this Soviet 80s kind of vibe mixed with yeah. like a Ranger Rick kind of like National Forest sort of thing going on. I just feel like I need something to tie it all together to give it a, like a solid theme. You need um, a Smokey the Bear, uh, a Smokey Bear uh, sticker. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, some kind of graphic or something that'll make people know, like, oh, this is a Soviet thing, or this is a Forest Ranger thing. <laughs> maybe put Yogi on there. I don't know. There uh, you go. But uh, be, beyond just the pit guard, 
Also put in this Descendant tremolo oh, nice. here, which is really nice and really smooth. I'm a big fan of it, even though I've only played with it for about a day. Um, I already had the mastery on this guitar. Mm -hmm. uh, Lambertone sent me two pickups, the Humbucker for the bridge and uh, their, uh, I forget the name of the neck pickup, but it's a single coil, uh, low output sort of thing. I also put in these white rollers and a white Switchcraft switch. Usually those are black and I just thought it would yeah. kind, of, kind of like complete the look, you know? It super pops on that. It does. Um, huh? Huh? <laughs> but, oh, were you were you show, trying to show me something? I'm I was looking up the. I was just what being Lam silly. What Lambertone's uh, pickup model was? Um, they're all named after coffee drinks, so I wasn't able to pronounce any of them in the video. Oh, is it the Ristretto? Yes. Yes, that's how you say it, apparently. Ristretto. I didn't realize they were all named after coffee drinks. And the bridge is the, the crema? Yeah, I know that's the real popular humbucker is the crema. And then I've got one more new thing that I haven't uh, completely secured yet. Um, oh, someone that, over that thing? That thing. <laughs> someone that over thing, Instagram that thing, that thing. asked me if I would sell my bullet Mustang to them. And I was like, well, it's kind of like a central reference point on the channel. Like I'm always like doing stuff with it and bringing it up. Yeah. And I was like, it is kind of, I wouldn't be able to sell it what it's worth because, you know, functionally, you know, if we had this on the show, we'd be like, oh man, that's mangled. It's not worth new, you know, yeah, uh, but it's worthless. It's priceless, right? It's priceless. Uh, I told him to make me an offer, a little bit of back and forth and figuring out, you know, just shipping he offered me 375 max, including shipping. Jeez. So this is what I'm talking about. My my bullet Mustang that I hand painted a bunch of times is gold with gold and silver stars on it now. It's got a kill switch. I told him I'd have to remove the Noatronic expression system in here, and he was fine with that. Yeah. Um. So you're gonna do it? I haven't answered him yet. Uh, but I feel like I should because I'm planning on trying to get as many of the new squires in as possible oh, from yeah. the next coming line. And so I want to make space and with that money, I could buy a fresh one and start over. <laughs> I only true. took this thing down to wood because I wanted to experiment and see what the wood was like underneath you know, the paint of a $150 guitar. Uh, now that that question's answered, I could start with a fresh one, the same specs, the same everything. I haven't replaced the pickups or anything and do a cleaner refund job on it. Mm. Uh, but but part of like what's tearing me on this is that whenever I ask my son what his favorite guitar is of mine, this is the one he picks. But it's oh. really, yeah, it's really tough, but it's just because it has the kill switch on it. And he's like, I like to turn it off. <laughs> wow <laughs> so I'm going to answer him tonight after this if anyone wants to take a vote and say whether or not I should sell it let me know um, but it's it's a room making thing for me it's a point where if I replace it eventually because I miss it I can start from scratch do a proper refin on it but then and also, I'd be you know pulling in some money, which I need these days. A lot of people need money these days. 
But then it's also like, that's the one that I painted. That's the one that I have personal stuff with. But then it's also kind of cool that someone wants it because they've seen it. They want to use it. They want to play it. They want to have this thing um, Mm -hmm. because of it's because they like it or because of its association with association with the channel or something like that both yeah it's custom art from a semi-famous guy <laughs> infamous more than famous which is a better kind of famous i think um so that's what i'm wrestling right now um yeah you got anything new dude yeah uh i got talked about it last week and i got my shelves up so yeah look at right, you back there right back here I got, uh, I put up some pedals that were, so it's funny is, uh, I put, I put them all up and then I realized like the whole th- idea was like, oh, I, I can save all this space where I've been keeping my pedals because I'll put these pedals up. But then I realized most of these pedals were on, um, in boxes. So now yes. I've just got a bunch of empty oh, boxes. Oh yeah. And you're still soaring the boxes. <laughs> um, but what I was telling, what I was telling Melissa is, I can take those boxes. Like I'm a lot more comfortable just taking those boxes and throwing them in like a Rubbermaid bin and then just taking those and and throwing them like in an outdoor storage. Like we have an outdoor storage closet. Um, That actually, that's where all most of my amps are is in this outdoor storage closet. And like, I just never was comfortable with the idea of putting pedals in boxes out there because I might want to access those at some point, but the putting empty boxes, I don't, I don't really care. Um, Right. But yeah, I got I got it all up there. There's both the shelves are full. Um, I At got a certain a, point, like, I mean, it's it's better to sell things with the box. Like, it's easier to sell them. But at a certain point, like, when do we just start throwing that away? You know? Yeah. Like, if you don't have storage space for it, maybe it's better to not store them. You could put all the manuals and everything in Ziploc bags and store everything from all the boxes in one box you know if you consolidated it right right well at least i can put all the boxes in one box for now and that's true and, here's what uh, you do you I, put, just, I just need it i just need a container you put all the boxes in a big uh plastic trash bag that you tie a knot in and then you put it in a rubbermaid and then you wrap the opening with saran wrap and duct tape and just completely waterproof this thing and then you bury it and it's a time capsule, and you come back in fifty years when you're ready to sell all these pedals. <laughs> like, it's really, it's really bothering me that I can't figure out what this gold pedal is right here. Like, I'm looking at the the monitoring, and I can't figure out what that is. I mean, I could turn around and figure it out. Yeah, that's like four out. pixels for me, dude. So I don't know. <laughs> is it the golden oh, summer? Oh, that's why I don't recognize it. That's the um, the I forget the I forget the name of the the company uh but but it's like the buzz bomb boost oh okay yeah yeah. have uh for the the, what's the shirt uh most average guitar player or something Mm. below average below average guitarist right 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 yeah i'm gonna get back into the sake this week i didn't finish it last week. oh nice i uh i poured myself uh three fingers i figured that should last me the show and if it doesn't last me the show, I shouldn't drink anymore anyway after that. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, the shel- the shelves are cool. We I yeah. put them up yesterday. It didn't take very long to do it at all. I didn't even have to use power tools. Your your side of the uh, the video window is starting to look like a guitar channel. 
Yeah. Go figure. Uh, or a shoes channel. Or a shoe, half guitars, half shoes. You'd probably, you know, if we switched to being a shoe channel, we'd probably have a lot more subscribers. I should, I should, once this whole thing comes ends, I should just, uh, I'll come over. We'll start doing some bass videos when we can, but we'll kick off every video. Like I'll just talk about whatever shoes I'm wearing. Get that shoe talking. Um, what, what do you think about, uh, opening back up Steve oh. as a podcast. So my wife was asking today, like, you know, stuff is starting to open back up, back up. Maybe you and Steve should, uh, you know, podcast in person again soon. Like, what do you think about that? Is it really, it's not really opening up though. Like, I mean, They're, it's opening up, but it's all opening up with the caveat. So the question is, right. is do you want to get together and just wear masks talking to each other for three hours? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, and that's, go. you know, that's kind of, kind of the thing. It's like, yeah, we could, you know, no one's going to stop us. We could podcast in the same room again. Um, but then like my thought is like, isn't now it would have been safer for us to do it when everything was, you know, being locked down. It's actually yeah. more dangerous for us to do it when everything's being opened. I up. mean, it's possible if we're thinking the- about, you know, catch catching a bug. Yeah. It's possible that at this point, both of us are just uh, silent carriers. And as long as we're both silent carrying the same strain, then maybe we're okay. I haven't told anyone. What's that? (laughs) I haven't told anyone. I'm a silent carrier. (laughs) I keep my secrets. (laughs) When this is all over, though, uh, someone just mentioned Cardboard Steve. Uh, We should have a, uh, a burning ceremony. Oh my you? gosh! No, you have to you have to keep cardboard steep for the second wave of coronavirus. <laughs> I don't know. I've got I've got some ideas. Yeah, I bet you um, do. Uh, for things that you know, we'll it's offline chat, but uh oh, but yeah, things that we could do with with that. So just just send them to you. Send them with you to the next uh, Europe. <laughs> whatever the next Europe thing is fold them up yeah <laughs> roll them up real tight and take them to to Germany in 2023 when the world opens back up yeah <laughs> you want to uh do we need to do a little bit of uh who gets a cut of the door sort of thing let's do it let's pay let's pay for these drinks yeah let's cover the this drink. week's oh, episode the one. There we is go. uh brought to you guys by chase plus audio chase plus audio makes super rich Steve possible uh, with their fine line of guitar <laughs> pedals and their constant support of this program, uh, Chase Plus Audio uh, makes pedals more creative than you are, and they're way cooler than you are too. Just face yeah. it. You, Everyone you likes me- them more than them. you. Everyone thinks about them more than you. If, every time you see a Chase Plus pedal, whether it be online, in person, in your own collection, uh, you should feel insecure. That's the reality of it. <laughs> Um, at the core of every chase plus pedal is just a great basic pedal. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they all, I, at least all the ones I've played sound great. All the ones I've heard you demo sound pretty great. I mean, you want a delay, Um, you want a reverb, you want a a simple, easy to understand tremolo. All those things exist. Tremolo? Tremolo. All those things exist within the chase plus universe, but then they get chase plusified and yeah. there's a billion dip switches. There's all kinds of crazy things you can do with the knobs. You can apply MIDI and expression and ramping and bouncing. It never, ever, ever stops. You cannot stop it. While you're asleep, 
the Chase Bliss pedals are creating music that's better than you could ever dream of. Yikes. At, without you. Without you. It's, so it's, you know, like a, it's like a Geppetto's workshop sort of situation. The toys, uh, the, <laughs> the, the, the little elves are down in your workshop playing with your Chase Bliss pedals, making music better than you could ever imagine while you're sleeping. That's Chase Bliss for you. <laughs> Yeah, go check them out. ChasePlusAudio.com, <laughs> Digital Brain, Analog Heart, No Flanges, Chase Plus Audio. No Flanges. Don't ask. Someone thought we were joking about that, and they looked it up, and they're, they're like, really? No Flanger? And they look, and they're like, well, they they have this thing called the Spectre. I was like, I know. They don't anymore. And they're like, oh, wow. I thought you guys were joking about the Flanger. No jokes. We do not joke around on this, this program. This is not a joking podcast this is a serious information about guitar equipment fully and purely technical specs podcast we will never leave you astray everything we say is the gospel truth yeah if you want a ser- good serious podcast go listen to serial that's not a guitar podcast it's not but it probably will be if anyone gets murdered by a guitar yeah or serial murdered by a guitar. That's what it would take. You can't just be murdered. You can't have one murder via guitar. It'd have to be a serial guitar murderer. A murder of guitars? Not like not a... murdering guitars, but serial murdering with guitars. And then you get on serial. And then guitar podcasts will blow up like crazy. Thanks, NPR. If you, if you have a jet black guitar, yeah, a bunch of jet black guitars, do you have a murder of guitars? Because of ravens or crows or whatever? Yeah. Guess. I mean, that's a little bit of a stretch. You're probably just a you know a metal head if you got a bunch of black guitars. It's normal mm-hmm. stuff. Lots of people have just black guitars. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Should we do another what's ad? Next, what's oh, what's the next topic, Ryan? A topic. I should pull up the uh, the screen grab for the topic. Um, here we go. Someone posted this. I forget who it was. Oh, right, this thing. It wasn't the person. Uh, yeah, I didn't say who posted it, so I'm so sorry. They posted it to the Facebook group, though. It wasn't this Joshua guy, because that's the guy with the ad. Yeah, it says, uh, for the listeners on the audio, want to shred? This is a Facebook ad. Want to shred at alarming speed? <laughs> yes. That's what I always wanted, too, but then I got carpal tunnel syndrome. Ouch! Oh, carpet tunnel? I didn't touch the guitar for two years. My kids love it when there's a carpet tunnel. <laughs> When I picked it back up, I had to figure out how to make an hour's worth of progress in 10 minutes. If I played any longer than that, then my wrist would scream in agony and I'd be out of commission for weeks. Mm. But now he plays with alarming speed. Yeah. This eight-point methodology frees you to make a year's worth of progress in just 60 days. That's just called practicing You want eight points? Here they are right here. That's all you need. Eight points of your hands. The points of your hands. You need a thumb, dude. Not Can you pl- imagine trying to play guitar with no thumb? I don't need my thumbs to play guitar just alarmingly fast. That's my pinky right there. That's the that's the uh, that's fifth gear is my pinky. My thumb's just a big old dumb kickstand for my hand. And if I'm really shredding, I don't even need that thing. That thing is hanging loose, you know, because I got my this- whole arm wrapped around the neck. Did you watch this video at all? No, I have no idea who this guy is. I've never seen any of his stuff. <laughs> I just think the promise of alarming speed, that's a big promise. Like imagine playing guitar and you start playing so fast that you, 
I'm not just surprised or impressed by your sudden ability. You're alarmed by it. You're frightened by it. You're like, oh, oh my gosh, I'm playing so fast. How? I, I hope I can stop playing. I hope I don't keep getting faster because my arm will just fly off. Like that's what I think of when I think of alarming speed. Um, there's a little oh, so comedy I, bit playing in my head. That's very funny to me. And it probably doesn't mean anything to anyone else. I found a video. I found a review of it on Reddit and this guy actually bought the course. It's $97 mm-hmm. for him. He said it was $97 um, for the, for the course. I don't know if that's the entire course. Hopefully that's the entire course. Um, I cannot figure out where it is on this. I found reviews. Where do you just buy it? Um, but, uh, basically they said that the first video is find a song that you like, um, play it at the fastest speed that you can play it cleanly and then just keep playing it a little faster. (laughs) Which is like, which is like a really good practice, and that's for anybody. Yes, but, but it's like, but that's also a thing that you can just like go on any guitar form and be like, hey, I don't. How do I like? What's the thing I can do the most to improve my playing? And people will just be like, get a metronome, play, keep turning it up, know, quarter note pattern, or play, you know, eighth note patterns at ninety BPM, then play eighth note patterns at a, you know ninety five, and then whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. What's the fastest you can even imagine playing, Steve? Like, what's your top limit? Are we talking like um, 75 miles an hour, or are you like 125 miles an hour? Um, do, you, do you remember? I'm pretty sure there's some some subdivisions in there, but uh, back in the Your Favorite Band days, I think the slowest tap tempo we used on when we recorded our EP, whatever thing, was like, 190 beats per minute <laughs> and like i said i'm sure there's a subdivision in there where it's not really it wasn't really 190 it was probably like right right 90 95 uh but uh there was i know there was at least one song that we were using i think it was like uh and because i was playing eight like eights or sixteenths on bass at like yeah. 240 beats i think it was like eight <laughs> it was like it was probably like 16th at 120 again like freaking punk rock subdivision but uh yeah very uh i don't know i i don't think about time yeah me maybe either. i should and that's why i'm not very good because i don't i don't practice actually the last time i i practiced i talked about this a couple weeks ago that i, I was going to be playing um maybe i didn't i thought i talked about this playing acoustic guitar at church uh, yeah, yeah. You, or, well, you mentioned it to me in yeah, person, in uh, private. It was. Uh, I thought that was privileged information. Now you're going to tell the world. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, uh, when I was practicing, I pr- tried to practice listening to the track. But the problem is, is you know, we the tracks aren't always in the same key that we're playing. Uh, so uh, then I looked at the chart, and the chart had a. Uh, the charts have you know the the speed, right on it. So I, and I was using my phone to like listen to the tracks. And when I wasn't listening to the tracks, I would just use the tap. I have a tap tempo app on my phone that you can use to, to basically use it as a metronome. So that was like really cool actually uh, to do that. And there were some songs where I'm like, where that have like some funky things going on in the vocals in terms, in terms of the rhythmic pattern. And right, I was right. like really fighting the metronome on those. And then, Ones that were more straightforward, I was like, I don't even need a metronome. 
<laughs> well, rewinding back to what you were saying, the you know the basic principle of that guy's lessons are is pick a song, play it as fast as you can, and then every day play it a little faster. Not everyone's gonna pick you know an SRV song or a song that scales up, yeah, and, you know some metal song that scales up into just ripping riffage. What if someone's like picking, uh, you know, like an acoustic ballad? <laughs> What if someone's picking Paved Paradise, you know? <laughs> and by the end of the week, they're ripping Paved Paradise at freaking 280 beats a minute, you know? <laughs> Doing some sort of cartoonish run-through of a acoustic strummer song. And it used to be a four-minute song, and now it's 75 seconds or something stupid. Yeah, so I'm I'm reading... Further on the Reddit thread, and basically, this guy was saying it was a hundred dollars to have a guy tell you that if you want to be good at guitar, you have to be disciplined. But but I mean that's that's how uh, that's how life operates for a lot of people, right? Like yeah, you think yeah. about like you think about like all of these different diet fads and, or you know exercise. Like I know people who you know will pay a personal trainer like 200 bucks a month or whatever, 150, 200 bucks a month, or they pay their gym fee, but all they ever do at the gym is like the elliptical and the treadmill. And it's like, you could just go outside and they're like, yeah, but if I'm not paying $40 a month for a gym membership, like I'm not going to do it like the, but as long as I'm paying for it, I'm like, oh, I'm paying for this thing. So I better use it. Right. Right. And so it's kind of the same thing. I had a, I had a college professor tell the class once, uh, like, I mean, cause I went to graphic design school and whatnot. He was like, you don't need this degree to work in this industry. You don't need to be here in class to build your portfolio. You could sit at home and you could give yourself assignments and you could, yeah. you could complete these assignments by yourself and develop a portfolio. And then you could go get a job, but you're not going to do that because you don't know how to teach yourself how to do that and that's why you're here paying all this money and we were all looking at the door like maybe we should go <laughs> <laughs> this guy seems a little disgruntled <laughs> maybe he's right maybe we're paying too much money for this if it you know he was right if i if i could go back in time i'd walk out and be like yeah i'm not gonna pay for this anymore <laughs> but yeah it is that thing where it's like maybe it didn't occur to you to play wonderwall at 190 beats a minute or something like that. But now that someone's told you to do it, man, no one else on the block can play Wonderwall as fast as you can. That's for sure. And you know what? Being well, like obviously fast, you want to being wanna... fast and like completing completing the song first is the way is the path to being a good musician. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you're supposed to play that it as fast as you can comfortably, so I mean, if you're playing Wonderwall at nine a hundred at nine hundred beats per minute, but if you're comfortable doing it, that's true. That's, that's the true. goal. You want to be comfortable playing Wonderwall uh, in its entirety, every bridge, every coda, in under thirty seconds. Like that's the goal, and then you are a real musician. Then you are a good, good guitarist. And now Steve Vai is calling you on the phone. He's like, join me on my next tour. I want to open for you because you beat the record. You played Wonderwall faster than anyone. Congratulations. One time this guy, this guy uh, saw me playing guitar and he's like, can you play Wonderwall at uh, 240 beats per minute? And you know what I said, Ryan? What? I said, maybe. 
Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, clap for Steve, everyone. I'll be here for like another hour, guys. Uh, tip your waitress. Send us super chats. <laughs> Jeez, that was a uh, that was a stiff dad joke right there. I was not ready for that. <laughs> Uh, next ad, what do you think? Yeah, let's do the next ad. Uh, what do you think, Steve? How do you feel about California? Uh, like California girls, California love. I'm talking like Wamba Lamba Ding Dong, Ding a Dong Doo Doo, California. You know, California. I mean, is there any guitar more California than this? Is what I'm wondering. Um,. Is this even what the Red Hot Chili Peppers logo looks like? Kind of. I feel like it's not. It, this is the Red Hot Chili Peppers logo with about a 14 point, 14 point outline on it, where it's just been blown up into a sand dollar, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, the, the Red Hot Chili Peppers logo is like an asterisk. And this just is a really fat, chubby asterisk. In that's taken the form of a Les Paul for some reason. Yeah. Um, well, I think somebody took a Les Paul. It's a bolt on. You know, you know, when I saw this, I thought somebody took a Les Paul and hacked it up. But I don't think so. I think it's a, I think this is a woodshop project. Yeah, it's gotta be right. Yeah. Cause it, cause it's a bolt on neck, but then the, the fretboard Continues down the body beyond where the bolt-on plate would be, so it's got to. But the wood, I I just thought the wood looked good enough for it to be real. Well, it's real, Steve, but it's not. It, we don't see a shot of the headstock, and we ne we didn't get a price on it. Uh, this was sent in by Mojo Stop Boxes, by the way. So maybe he has more information if he's in uh, in the chat or whatever. Yeah, uh, I got some questions for you, Ryan. Yeah. What are some besides California? Mm -hmm. Can you think of any other locations where you could play this guitar? Um. Uh, no. <laughs> okay, I'm lay thinking the joke on me, if man. If you had this guitar, you could play this guitar under the bridge. Oh, under the bridge downtown. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, if you had this guitar, you could play this guitar on the other side. All right. Those are the only Red Hot Chili Peppers locations that I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I should have come up with some hot, some red hot chili peppers jokes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't. <laughs> but you didn't. And as such, we are now here. This is an interesting thing where it's like, I mean, if you're a red hot chili peppers fan, then, and you play guitar, then you're probably a John Frusciante fan. Is that how you say his last name? John Frusciante. Frusciante. I've always only read it. I've never spoken it out I loud. I think I said it right. If I've, I've, I said it I've been afraid right. that if I speak it out loud, then he'll arrive. And he'll be yeah. like, yes. And then I'll, it'll be just be awkward. I'm not afraid of him or anything. It'll just be awkward. Well, you got to say it three times fast. Well, I'm not comfortable saying it fast. I'll have to work up to that over, you know, days, oh. of, days of practice. Um, but it's like, you could, if you're, you if could you're, play, uh, you could play this, uh, Play this guitar on a, a roller coaster, but ah. only if it's a roller coaster of love. Uh -huh. 
You could also play this guitar on an aeroplane. Mm. Well, music is their aeroplane, so this could technically be part of the aeroplane. But if, if you're a Red Hot Chili Pepper fan, if you're a pepper, uh, that's what they call it. That's what their fans call themselves. They call themselves peppers. Uh, Do they? <laughs> people who know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about. Uh, you, you don't buy a guitar that looks like their logo that's built out like a Les Paul. Doesn't John play... Uh, Jaguars and Strats and stuff like that. Isn't he a Fender boy? He is. I mean, I think I don't know what all he's played. I associate him right away with Strats, though. Yeah, I do not. Yeah, like I do not understand the association here, other than just like someone in a wood shop is a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, and they have the uh, equipment and the plans to build a Les Paul style guitar instead of a Strat, and so this is their best attempt at fandom. Because of you know a true pepper, a true pepper fan mm-hmm. would want to build a strat in the shape of the Red Hot Chili Peppers logo <laughs> instead of the Les Paul. Uh, Christopher Christopher Wayne in the chat says, "Once you play it, you can't stop." <laughs> SD oh, Design is know, right. Um, we are not reading the comments. Uh, this, uh, this guitar, actually, you can play it anywhere you want because you can play this guitar all around the world. Ah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'd do if I had this guitar? What would you do? I'd give it away. I'd give it away. I'd give it away. I'd give it away right now. Did you see that one in the comment too? I did. (laughs) For some reason, I keep thinking of that Nelly Fortunato song about birds but i know they have a different they have a song about birds but that's the bird song i want to reference as soon as you said her name wrong i was like that's wrong that's wrong it's very wrong uh, i have not nelly spoken for, nelly furtado nelly furtado i have not spoken her name since it, the 90s you said it so wrong <laughs> that it made me forget what her name was <laughs> i have not spoken her name in in decades now <laughs> i wonder what she's up to you think she's still like a bird you think she still wants to fly away I think she, you know, you know, got back onto the earth and became a promiscuous girl. Whoa. A little judgmental, Steve. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> He's just saying, well, with that, do you want to talk about our album review? <laughs> Speaking of, no. Uh, <laughs> no, that was a Nelly Furtado song with Timbaland. That she was promiscuous. There's a song called Promiscuous. Oh, I I'm didn't know. The joke. I had no yeah, idea. I she had a song called Promiscuous Girl. All right. Well, our, our album review this week is Liz Fair's uh, "Exile in Guyville." Yeah. A uh, an album. Well, an artist whose all her albums tend to be uh, uh, explicitly sexually charged with a somewhat dark and troubling energy. There's my review. What's your review, Steve? <laughs> That's pretty fair. So I will say, you know, this is like the I don't know, like the the classic Liz Fair album. Yes, this is the album that all other Liz Fair albums I think get compared to. Um, it's I will say, pr- certainly I think the one with the most catchy name. Well, it's the, it's the one with the most obvious rock reference. Sure, certainly. Um, but um, now I guess maybe we'll talk about that later. Uh, I've listened through several Liz Fair albums and 
I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a, there's a lot going on here that I like, but there's a lot going on here where I understand it's intentional, but it's just very like nineties. Oh yeah. In Deeply. a way that I'm not just a big, I'm just not really into. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like heavy chorus and that's the, like, this is an acoustic guitar song, but it's a, a not really an acoustic guitar. It's a Fender Mustang and, you know, chorus wet mix 100 right right there's a lot of very 90s uh production qualities going yeah. on here and there's a, a very interesting uh it's i mean we think of is liz fair as being you know uh very alternative and it is yeah. rooted in very alternative kind of uh genre specific things but i mean you got that jet steve is that me or is that you that's you. That's me. I got the jet. <laughs> um, there's like a folk quality too. Yeah. Album. So there's certain there's certain songs where like that that heavy chorus thing. I felt like it really worked. And there's other ones. So like, um, where was it? Like, uh, I had a note in here. Um, so track four, Dance of the Seven Veils, my note was chorusy guitar. Huh? This is one of the songs that works in the, this kind of raw state that part of me wants to hear like produced like as a modern production, like a, a cleaner production, I guess. But then it's one of those songs also where it's like if you produced it better, like better. Sure. You know what I mean? Like not well, I- as not as indie or whatever you want to call it. Um, then I think I would be like, oh God, this was, this is terrible. Like this is an awful song. Sure. Sure. I think it lo- it would lose some of its, of its magic if you cleaned it up, uh, and overproduced it. But then part of it, me listens to it and like, how much of this are they doing on purpose? Like there's a lot of like, what feels like intentional sloppiness with, um, you know, just kind of the approach to the instruments, a very yeah. loose, kind of like swaggery uh, kind of intentionally offbeat sort of like outsider art kind of aesthetic here. That's uh, yeah. it's, it's very nineties. It's a, uh, let, 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 let me read some of my notes that I was making. Um, read your notes, right? I'll read my notes. Uh, she has one of those voices you love or hate. It has a dry outsider. Couldn't care less attitude that oh, yeah. I love. Um, I wrote, there was this whole avant-garde, it's not cool to try hard movement in the nineties. I really connect with that mentality. And I think that's why I gravitate towards artists. (laughs) I can't talk towards artists like this. Uh, I wrote, it's hard to tell if they were trying to sound loose on purpose or if that's just the way it came out. No, do it again. Sloppier this time. (laughs) (laughs) Some of this album, just at you know, from transparency, from a, a couple different angles, uh, some of this album I felt weird listening to because it was at one because I was at work and I can't tell if she's supposed to be naked on the cover art of this um, of this art. Yeah, yeah, she's naked on this. Okay, yeah, that's awkward at work, um, especially now that we're in an open office. <laughs> <laughs> and it's playing um, on the conference room uh, projector. Yeah. 
we have a conference room that has like a 90 inch television or like, I don't know, like it's an 80 inch television in it. So I definitely put it up full screen on there. Um, and then, uh, so there's that. Um, and then there's also an element of this album that, uh, is very, um, accusing i don't know if accusing is the right word but i can't think of a better word where i just feel like i don't understand what she's talking about <laughs> it's uh, all, my note it's like reading someone's diary and knowing nothing about them exactly and, and trying to like come to your own conclusions about what's going on even though it's all kind of cryptic and they know what they're talking about they know what they're writing about but you have no idea what these events are that are being referenced you know yeah um, and so that was a thing. I, I read an article after after this where they actually interviewed her and had her talk about all of the different um, uh, the different meanings of uh, of the different songs and the connection with um, with Exile on Main Street, the Rolling Stones album. And she kind of walks through and, and says where each song, like what each song's references. Um. Thanks, Chad. In, Boston, we just got a super chat. Appreciate that. And the whole idea that basically this album is written as kind of a an outsider. May I don't know if outsider perspective is the right word. I forget exactly how she describes it, but it's like the the opposing perspective in a way to Exile on Main Street, not Exile on Main Street necessarily. Mm directly but just the whole like macho rock and roll aesthetic and this was kind of like written from the perspective of a woman in the rock industry Mm. and so there are a lot of songs in here and uh um where it's kind of like uh you're listening to it and it's a perspective that i guess maybe the word i'm looking for is, is like it's kind of like you feel sheltered because you don't this isn't like a perspective you you really hear in like women driven rock music or female driven rock music or maybe I just don't listen to enough female driven rock music I mean that's I mean that's definitely a possibility I've spent a lot of time listening to uh you know a lot of female rock groups I've you know got a thing for 90s girl rock and whatnot and female led uh, bands um none of them are Liz, Liz fair in comparison as far as like kind of just the the brutal approach to how she addresses specific themes like right she right. she doesn't get into when she wants to say something she doesn't get into euphemism and innuendo she's just like oh here's a here's a lyric about a dick and she's yeah. being yeah. very plain about it here's a lyric about um you know me being sexually active before I was a when teenager, I'm tw- when I'm 12, right? Um, that is, it's not. When I was know, 12, I was song. Fr- it's it's not know, some pop song where it's, it's buried under some sort of innuendo about dancing or something like that. And it's like, no, here's a declarative statement, and that's as far as I've heard in, in music, that's very unique to Liz Fair. Like I haven't heard any yeah. other uh, uh, singers or, or artists that laid out there quite. The way she does, it's it's almost more like a spoken word sort of approach 
Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure other artists exist, but like, sure. Even so, what the you know she mentions in this, um, in her kind of retrospective on this, uh, on this album, she mentions um, that divorce song is probably like the most popular song off this album, Hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I didn't realize until I don't know, like two maybe two years ago two three years ago um that uh her biggest as far as i'm aware pop hit which is why can't i like has a whole thing on it that's basically like oh yeah we just met and here's the plan i'm gonna break up with my boyfriend and then we're gonna bone down right like and it and the thing is is because you hear it on the radio and i got i remember seeing the music video for that on had like a ton of rotation on vh1 that's all edited out and it's edited. It's like such a, like a sly, like pass through that. Like, I don't even think I realized like that, that was what was being said. Not because it was like innuendo or whatever, but because it just wasn't in there. It's well, one, yeah. One, it was removed and two, it was just like, it was said as if it was like an afterthought. Sure. It was just like, this is a thing that there was no emphasis put on it. Right. Right. It was just like, Oh, yep. What was what's your favorite song off the album? Did you have a favorite? Do you have one that sticks out to you? Um, it doesn't have to be favorite, but notable, like something that like that's what you associate with Liz Fair off this album. What do I associate with Liz Fair off this album? Um, I think "Glory" is a track that I would associate with Liz Fair. Six one. I actually I really like the imagery in six one and the whole idea of like like small people who have like big personas. Right. Um, I think that's like a really interesting idea. Um, and I, I, I like that song. Um, the other one I was going to say is, um, though I wouldn't necessarily attribute it to Liz fair directly is the song shatter has this starts off with this, like really like drony thing going on at the beginning that just made me think a lot of like, um, you know, really fits in, I think, with a, a lot of the indie rock bands and the indie rock sounds from like the early mid '90s. The you mm-hmm. know whether the the the, the uh, earlier like the Pixies or like Not a Surf or whatever that would I think were really heavy influences on the music oh, yeah. that I listened to in the early 2000s. It was the kind of drone tones that that you hear on like Taking Back Sunday mm-hmm. or you know those kinds of. Uh, like indie rock emo whatever bands from the early 2000s yeah there's a lot of musical kind of just like i said earlier like avant-garde kind of attitude uh behind all this like there's a you know i there's like a big like velvet underground kind of influence Mm. coursing through a lot of bands that were doing this sort of thing in the 90s like trying to revisit that sort of vibe from leftover from the late 60s and early 70s and whatnot um I, the, the the track on this album that jumps out to me is like is I'd put it on like a best of Liz Fair sort of thing was uh man what was it called uh, uh never said nothing is the song that I think it's like number four on the album yeah, or something like yeah. that so there's something about it something about the vibe of it it's not even lyrical content it's just like the vibe and the feel of it is like yeah this is Liz Fair to me this is mm. it just the only comment I had for that song was uh uh snitches get stitches. <laughs> So who should we recommend this album to? Anyone? To, I, I would listen to it. I would recommend it to anyone. Just don't necessarily listen to it with your kids. Yeah, well, you're not recommending it to kids. I say if you're, uh, 
I say if you are a a woman, a girl, however you see yourself, a female in junior high and up, give it a listen. If you are a, a man, probably in college, listen to it in college when <laughs> when you're like when you're ready uh, to have kind of bigger thoughts about the world and about the perspective of people different than you. Uh, give Liz Fair a listen and do it with uh, open mind listening to the world from her perspective and not doing it, you know, lumping her in with any other individual. This is, you know, this is her lyrical content. This is her story. And yeah. just kind of like try to have uh, some sort of human connection and empathy with a songwriter and, and if try you, to take and, something away from it. And, you know, like I said, there's a. I think I, oh, I can't remember the publication now, um, but there's a, a like a there is an article out there if you Google Exile in, in Guyville. Um, exile. I what I what I Googled was Exile in Guyville versus Main Street, um, and basically it there's an interview with her where she kind of goes song by song and tells a little bit about like the story behind the song. Mm. So it's kind of, uh, I thought that sure. was a really cool piece again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go but check I, it I, out. Th- I think musically, this is, would be a good departure for anyone that's only ever had exposure to highly polished, like pop music and wants to dip their toe into something a little bit less accessible musically because it doesn't color in the lines. Like this isn't a good album for that too. So there's another recommendation too. Yeah. All right, you, let's do some housekeeping, huh? Housekeeping, you still haven't sent me the addresses for the last two $25 guys that I got to send shirts to. Well, you sent one I sent address. You one of, I sent you yeah, one. But I meant to do them both at the, the same one. session. I, I didn't rem- remember it until just now. <laughs> so I'm, right. not, I'm not blaming you for um, anything. So, uh, so uh, housekeeping, I want to thank everyone again who supports the show. Uh um at, your at any level your angels. Uh, if you want to support us uh head on over to patreon.com slash 60 cycle humcast uh this week uh we w- would like to welcome at the uh five dollar level the best friends level i will put together a little uh bag of merch that we have and get it sent out your way actually it's a little envelope it'll be come to you in an envelope that looks like this um is a uh, kyle eric cardno at the $5 level, the best friends level. And then at the $1 level, I'm going to read the name that he signed up with, even though I know who this is, is Barn Owl Cello. Uh, <laughs> I think I think Barn Owl Cello is actually a, starting up a YouTube channel uh, where he's playing uh, music through, uh, like he's using guitar pedals on a... Uh, on a cello. Oh, fun. That's always great. Uh, so I, his Facebook page is Barnow Cello, and he does have a, a Patreon page going. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a really cool idea. He's in a, a secret chat that I'm in. Uh, but thanks to <laughs> Ooh, him for joining at the $1 chat. level. You know, we say all the time, uh, whether it's a $1 level or the you know $25 level, if you if you can feel like you can afford to support the show, uh you know, we we'd love to uh, we'd love to take you up on that offer. Every little um, bit 
uh, helps in the long run. Uh, I just went and yeah. balanced our, our budget today after like two months of not. And it is not it. balanced. <laughs> well, for the most part, for the, the, the history of the show, we've been in the black. We've had extra money in the bank. Um, but because of current things where I had to replace a computer um, and uh, we got a new camera before I knew I had to replace a computer uh, for the first time ever, we are in the red a little bit, but I mean, considering everything it takes to run this operation, to run the show, we've got a freaking great track record. And wow. I, I know that we're going to get back in the black at some point soon. Uh, and I'm not worried about it at all. And that's really just all thanks to the Patreons and the people who support this show, because we use that money to pay our bills around here and to make things that we wouldn't normally be able to afford possible, like travel, equipment upgrades, building the set behind me. Uh, Shoot, the Affordaboard series. The Affordaboard series got kickstarted I mean, basically by you Inner you, Circle yeah, Funds. You, 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 know, you look at it and you go, oh, that, all, that pedal's... $20, that pedal's $20, but all in all, that, that's that got to be like, that's a pretty expensive oh, series. It's, it's hundreds of dollars invested in it, and that money came from the Patreons to start that series. And it's been it's been a lot of fun, and the getting it started got the attention of all those import builders that are typically pretty hard to uh, you know work with and get their attention, and they've been very willing to send me stuff since uh, yeah. proving our worth. <laughs> <laughs> with that stuff. So yeah, huge thanks to the Patreons and uh we love you. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's hit that last ad. <laughs> you got it? Yeah, what you let got me for me. Find it. Oh, great, another oh, quasi political one, I guess. Uh, a rebel base, Steve. This isn't even a secret rebel base. <laughs> this is from Damian Michael. This is way out there. Uh, obvious advertising it to the entire galaxy rebel base electric bass guitar one of a kind unique instrument red white and blue um more like red it- white and moo huh oh huh <laughs> 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 It's not Star Wars related. Uh, Kevin Hernandez just said, I was expecting to be Star Wars related. It's not. Um, what we're looking at here for the podcast listeners at home and working on the road is a cow skull, a steer skull, a longhorn skull uh, yeah. that has been turned into a base. And then the skull part of it has been painted to look like uh, the Confederate flag. Yeah. Do you think it's red or orange? Isn't the Confederate flag orange? No, it's red. Maybe I'm just thinking of the General Lee. (laughs) The General Lee is orange. Yeah. (laughs) So this is squarely a Confederate flag and not a tribute to the General Lee. No, this is just a... I I mean, there's a lot to unpack here. We don't even need to talk about the the whole Confederate flag thing. This This is also in Florida, which is even more confusing... Do they have do they have Longhorns in Florida? Is that like a I don't thing? know. I only I, I only assume this would be Longhorns with uh, Texas. Yeah. So this is doubly confusing. It also just looks very impractical. 
like there's there's something kind of fun about a skull guitar, like repurposing a skull to be an instrument. And maybe there might even be some fun, like, you know, like acoustic qualities there with a nice hollow, you know, chambery skull with its teeth rattling as you play those low notes on your long guitar. Um, but man, it looks uncomfortable. How do you even hold that thing? Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand. How do you, how do you transport like, it? Well, you just strap it on your back. You know, the, the <laughs> horns should really be, you should be able to unscrew them so that you can set them up when you get to the gig, you know? The way those horns are set, you could just put like a, use it to like put a tarp on, strap this to your back, and now you've got a glider. <laughs> It almost looks like a bow. Like you could string up those horns and shoot arrows with this. That's how yeah. long these horns are that we're looking at here. You have to admit, though, if it didn't have the horns on it from a distance, you'd have no idea what the object was supposed to be. Like you right. have to see it in a three dimensional sense to get that it's a skull. Although I think if it had like short cow horns, just like two, like, you know, crescent moon shapes coming out the sides that were. Even half that length, I think it would venture way into being more practical. Instead of this longhorn steer, you know? I I just don't even know what to do with this. I don't even want to think about this. <laughs> Someone just got really bored and they're like, Oh, look at this look look what I can do. Look what I can do. I made a base. Look what I can do. All right. Well, you want to tell us about the song that's going to play on the podcast, Steve, and everyone here on the video stream can just pretend that they're hearing it. Hey, uh, if you uh, had problems with the audio quality in this video at any point and you're still here and you want to hear a higher quality version of this podcast, go check out the podcast stream through iTunes, Stitcher, wherever, all the podcast places, and we will have a high quality audio version of this available for you. Uh, so yeah, the song was... Uh... Sent by um, Tyson Brennicombe, long-time listener. He says, it's been a bit, but I thought I'd drop off a song. The band is Marmalade Duplex. This is our first single, Jellied Sally... Jell- wow. Jelly Salad Juggernaut. I'm playing drums, Farifsa, a Moog Prodigy saxophone, and a Mexican 50s P-Bass. My friend Brad is playing a Japanese Jaguar into a Fender Fremen 15 with a hardwired trim pedal on the vibrato setting and a boss PS3. The singer is a cartoonist named Mark Bell. He's a bit of a comic legend here in Canada. If you're into wobbly psychedelic Robert Crumb fantasy worlds, you might want to look at his stuff. Uh, keep up the great podcast and thanks. Thanks dude. So again, this song is called jelly salad juggernaut. Um, and it's by marmalade duplex. Hope you guys who are listening to the audio version Really enjoy it. Yeah. All right. And now we'll just... Are you down to do a little hangout, Steve? Yeah, I think I can hang, hang out. out all night. I'm going to do what I did the other... Uh... I got the trots. Yeah. I'm trotting around. And tasting...
Oh, Saran. Oh, Saran. Oh, Saran. Oh, Saran. Oh, Saran. Oh, Saran.